Hello and welcome to Gloom the Podcast. Uh, we chat about anything game development and or narrative related. Hello in this uh, in these not so easy times. Still, in this episode, I am talking with Brandon Pham, a man with gazillion faces. He's an environment designer and have worked on many, many AAA games. Now is running his own studio, and how I got how I got to know him, he's creating probably one of the greatest game dev podcasts uh, out there called Game Dev Unchained, and has also done online conferences uh, GDUX, where developers and industry veterans uh, uh, give us uh, the same brilliant advice, but for free, so we don't have to spend a fortune while going to GDC. Also, uh, Game Dev Unchained podcast uh, was my introduction to the industry and I cannot be happier about it. Uh, uh, so much information and, um, well, life views I can stand by. I am happy to say that uh, our conversation turned really warm and open. Uh, I practically didn't do any, any editing on this one, so yeah. Let's start. Are you? You're not near any of that, are you? I am. I am. Oh my god! So, what is that like right now? Uh, Well, you know, I'm not in Ukraine, so Mm -hmm. that's good. But uh, uh, Belarusia is also neighboring country uh, of Lithuania and Latvia, so uh, we are the next in line. Oh my god! Yeah, it's shit. Thank you uh, so much that you agreed to talk uh, with a small indie uh, <laughs> from nowhere. I um, actually when uh, about three years ago I started to work on prototype then and actually learn an engine, and I started to consume every bit of game dev related content then, and uh, game dev unchained became one became number one podcast to listen then and oh, wow. believe it or not it's, it's really weird for, uh, for me now because uh, like your voice is actually associated with the game development for me <laughs> oh, so I oh, <laughs> listened uh, like gazillion episodes uh, so yeah uh, then when I started to listen to you you were a duo and uh, you kind of yep. you did not talk about like, uh, uh, well, at least uh, to listeners, uh, that you have uh, like grand plans uh, of making this thing bigger. Uh, like, uh, GDUX was never mentioned. and um, So, let's start from, uh, I would love to hear how the podcast came to be and why. And did you actually... Yeah, let's start with that. Yeah, so um, the Game Dev Unchained podcast started, uh, and I was actually recently reminded for a long time, for the last two years, I've been saying, oh, it's been around for five years, it's been around five years. And my wife actually mentioned to me, it's been seven years. It's like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it originated with me and my friend Larry at that time. And we were working on the Call of Duty franchise at Sledgehammer. 
And we were at a point of a career then where we were getting pretty frustrated. Um, not specifically tied to Sledgehammer, but there were instances or little things here and there that we were noticing a pattern. And uh, the podcast was kind of born out of that frustration uh, with the industry. Um, we're basically senior devs and uh, our future felt a little uncertain, which is a funny thing to say because I think at the beginning of our careers, uh, if you were to say, I will be working on a Call of Duty game and it's going to be the number one game of that year, you know, it's a huge franchise and it's pretty safe. I think most game developers, even now, uh, will feel that it's a pretty cool job, right? And it is. It is to a certain uh, degree. Uh, but I, I always equate game development as kind of climbing different steps of the ladder right you're always kind of on the lookout for what's next um so being on that team and uh it's been a few instances where i've been on a team we ship a game and then we're working on the next part of that franchise which is even when i say it it's, it's a pretty blessed thing because a lot of times when you ship a game uh you're not sure if you're gonna get the next paycheck if the game's gonna do well right but i've been an unfortunate circumstances where we're literally talking about the sequel and we're knowing it's going to sell right but even then it was uh when we were shipping that game advanced warfare it was the first time in my career and at, at that point i think it was eight years in uh eight to ten years where uh i never really opened the game like i never uh oh unwrapped yeah i never unwrapped the plastic of the game i never i mean of course we played it i played it throughout um, sure. the development right just testing it but it was the first time where i didn't have the desire to take the game out of the plastic have that excitement that i was a part of this that i helped ship this right and and, and played it from beginning to end i did that with all the games that i worked on before but yeah. it was the first time i didn't do that and um i knew that say, at that, that point makes you think yeah exactly am i happy mm -hmm. um do i want to continue on this path because i kind of knew at that point the trajectory of what the next steps were you know just keep working there become a lead yada yada become a manager keep working on triple a that was the path but um no much choice uh, as well. yes well, yeah, there's not much choice for a number of reasons, but the podcast was kind of um, born out of that to honestly help myself figure out what's next, what's out there. Do an analysis of where the industry is at, talk to a lot of interesting people, and basically yep. pave a pathway of where I could be. Uh, and, and make it happen. Uh, was that uh, fr from the start uh, that you already uh, like in I don't know if uh, in a vision is the correct word that you you actually you from the start you worked uh, to something bigger or uh, for a time being at first it was just like I don't know uh, uh, to put the steam out so to speak. Uh, right. Yeah. To to uh, to. Um... To rant, right? It's kind of like bitching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Like it was, it kind of started that way. But we had, you know, obviously we had guests from day one um, to talk about their particular expertise. But yeah, it was a mixture of us ranting about these things that, and this is the thing that's, you know, I always look back and and value how much the industry have changed since then, seven years ago. So mm -hmm. to kind of paint a picture, seven years ago, it was very taboo to talk ill of any game company, especially like Activision, especially like Blizzard or anything, any anything that was happening behind closed doors stayed that way. Because Mention it was the word union. Union, right? Union, Ubisoft, anything that was bad that was kind of like an open secret, you cannot talk about that publicly because it was basically career suicide, right? Mm -hmm. You're risking uh, yourself as being unhirable because you're out there on a podcast uh, uh, displaying all the, the stains and scars of what it's like working at a AAA company, right? The politics and all this stuff. Very taboo. And so we knew that was at risk, but it was kind of like in a way um, to change that path, right? Because it's very easy, I think at that point, for me to be comfortable. And in some ways I was, and to keep continuing to do AAA, even though I was very bored of it mm -hmm. and unhappy about it, right? So the podcast kind of forced me to like, all right, <laughs> if I'm going to oust myself and make these companies hate me, now there's no turning back. I got to figure out what else I can do. Uh -huh. um, yeah. So in a way, it was like that. And like to answer your question directly, you know, the, the, the mission of the podcast wasn't very clear at first i mean along the way and that was the point it was me kind of talking to a lot of these different professionals in the field that were able to take what they've learned so far and do very interesting things right uh indie development going to other industries uh making their own company making their own game right these were all things that were really interesting to me and so i knew that um I wanted to talk to these people to figure out what was right, mm -hmm. uh, at least for me. You actually, um, uh, like for for year years back, you used that uh, uh, sentence, but I, I think I heard it uh, not so long ago again from you that uh, uh, that you said that that kind of warning that these are just our personal opinions, not the companies yeah. we are work for. Yeah. Yeah. So roundtable news, yeah, we have these segments where we're like, it's it, it's basically complaining about what's going on. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's it for most listeners are the uh, the the most favorite part of the yeah. podcast because we all love dr drama, even if we, if we say we don't, <laughs> yeah. we do. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Of, it, on these roundtable news, you know, we do it once a month. I do it with Ray Graham. Shout yeah. out to Ray. And um, it is the time where I kind of am able to let loose and kind of uh, yes. talk freely mm -hmm. uh, about my thoughts. Because when I do interviews, obviously, I want to be professional and be respectful. Of course. Respecting, you know, who's on and, and to ask them about them. So I don't really share too much of what I feel. And I'm just basically staying curious, right? But with Roundtable, I'm w there with my friend and I I kind of make it feel like, you know, I'm just talking to my friend about these things. It actually, it and does feel like, like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, my whole goal is to make him laugh the whole time. (laughs) The best thing probably would be if if uh, you both uh, had uh, two or three beers before that. Then it would be the super show. Oh man, (laughs) it'd be too chill. (laughs) I'll be, yeah, like with alcohol. At least I don't drink that much, but I know my personality with alcohol. It's just more of me. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's basically I have no filter when it comes to yeah so uh yeah this is a little fun thing but yeah i always try to say that because you know I, right now currently thankfully i don't i don't work for anyone but for myself so um i would i still want to protect you know it's weird that we're, we're in a time where we have to say that right where it's like yeah. of course it's my opinion right but now we're working at different places and people do get fired for that for expressing their own opinion when they're not at work right and that's the world. The world has changed, it's, it's, right? Yeah, the, especially now with uh, uh, some things go too far in judging yeah. others. Uh, do you actually uh, maybe uh, uh, do you know that uh, someone has had problems after your show? Uh, after they came on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, well, I can share a funny story. Um, so it was way uh, a few years. Like near the beginning, probably episode 100. Uh, I'll, I'll find the, the, the episode specifically um, so that you can link it or whatever. But we had like an ex-Valve um, developer on, is Roger Lundin. Mm-hmm. Um, and he worked at Valve for a long time. He worked on the original and sequel of Left 4 Dead, I believe. At least the original. And he went over to Turtle Rock. That's where I met him. Uh, to work on Evolve, and I can't, I had him on, mm-hmm. and uh, his brother is a software engineer at Valve, so both brothers uh, worked there at one point, but his brother stayed back, and he was like the number 40, right? Imagine that, being number like 10 or 12 at, at Valve, and what that means is that he was the 12th employee who was hired full-time at Valve, so he had oh. been there since the beginning. Very important guy, right? So as brothers do, they share information and uh, Roger was on and made a mention that um, the, uh, uh, what game was it? But it was a very uh, popular indie game at that point. And it was rumored they were making a sequel, but no one has heard from them. And uh, Roger was mentioning how Valve just bought them. Or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, the original creators, and uh, and 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 the license is still up for grabs or whatever. The point, right? They took the original developers and and, and absorbed them in Valve. Apparently, uh, that wasn't news yet, right? Apparently, that wasn't public. And uh, we, it was our first time on the podcast that we broke a story, which means we were the first one Yay. to announce something. It was, I, I think it was called Kerbal Space Program. Yeah. Kerbal yeah. Space Program. Yeah, they were bought. Yeah. Yeah, they were bought. So the studio that made that, but the developers left to work at Valve and then the license stayed with 2K. Uh-huh. So as you can, what happened the next day is like suddenly we had like all these listens from oh, yeah. nowhere, right? And we were trying to trace it back. So like, what is going on? And now we're seeing news story from like Kotaku, from um, uh, from basically every outlet at that point, every gaming blog outlet 
uh, tagging our podcast and saying that, uh, you know, Valve bought the original developers. That's why you guys haven't heard from them. And the next day, Take-Two had to get involved to announce that they're launching Kerbal Space Program oh, 2, man. which was way ahead of what they were doing um, for their marketing. Yeah. Thing. yeah. So it was a really cool moment because we saw our podcast everywhere and people were, even if they were just listening to that one little part that Larry and I didn't even catch, right? We didn't even know that it was a thing. Mm -hmm. We just glossed over it in the, in the original interview because, you know, it was not a big deal to us. So, uh, okay. yeah, Roger obviously, uh, got talked to, to his, by his brother, but his brother got the, the, the brunt of it, uh, <laughs> sharing NDA stuff. But that that was like, but there was no one telling us to take off the, the podcast. No, no that one would be a disaster. Then. Right. Yeah, of course. So it, we weren't in trouble, but we got people in trouble for sure. Um, so that was the cool, yeah. cool stuff. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Way back then. Uh, okay. Uh, cool. We actually then. Uh, so, okay, you're doing your podcast, but uh, at one point, I think it was. Ah, two three years ago uh mm -hmm. when you you started to introducing your your uh, your plans uh, to the listeners uh like we're doing that big thing we're like going full-time ish and uh probably you already mentioned gdux by then so uh how hard and scary was to st to start actually doing just that your thing i know you're teaching teaching now as well but uh, let's leave that aside for a bit uh so yeah was it hard was it scary yeah, yeah so there was a couple of factors you know at that point um you know right now uh my main bread and butter is running my own studio it's called uh, godemics we help with a lot of AAA companies uh, doing code development stuff, which means we're kind of like integrated with their team and we have our group of professionals in there to help ship, you know, next gen games basically. Mm -hmm. So that was at that point where I was like, all right, I can quit my day job, right? I can focus on growing the studio at the same uh -huh. time, I was wrong then. grow the podcast. Uh -huh. Yeah. Grow the podcast and, and concentrate, you know, now I have more time than ever, right? I don't have to go to an office, you know? So uh basically we were doing remote uh at godemics uh before remote was cool this is like two mm. three years before the pandemic right and so like that was a chance for me to kind of look at you know, the podcast and right, what are the next steps so in that period if you know longtime listeners were a part of this uh, i thank you for you guys support we were testing a lot of things right we were like making videos every day we were podcasting uh, or making content every day for like two, three months, right? And it was just to kind of see, all right, what direction we want to go? How much time consumption is that? Is the output uh, and the results of people mm -hmm. engaging worth the, uh, worth the energy, right? Because if we're doing a lot of work and the engagement isn't there, then we're doing it wrong, right? So go back to the drawing board. So that was like a long testing period. And it was uh, at that point, you know, up to that point, it was a, it was a partnership, right? I have a co-host, obviously, with Larry this whole time, and uh, and it was us figuring this out together. 
So this is something that we didn't talk about, you know, as you can listen to newer episodes, it's obviously just me. It's a solo episode uh, podcast now. Um, but that first step of kind of answering your original question was, of course, very scary. Like even I kind of you can never be prepared enough until you do it for the first time. So this is my first time. And I've always done side things like you were mentioning teaching. I've always done multiple things at the same time. Even to this day, I'm still doing multiple things at the same time. Uh, and uh, I don't think I've ever would have been comfortable um, quitting my day job and concentrating my own things. Uh, Especially if you have a family and you do have a family. Uh... Yeah, so th there was always this scary feeling and I couldn't shake it. And I, I described it on the podcast as making that jump. Um, and it does feel like it, a leap of faith. It really is. There was nothing I could have done better. <laughs> Even if I had a million dollar in the bank, well, maybe that would be feel good, right? Even if I have half oh. a million dollar in the bank, it still feels like a risk, right? And it was just, um, I didn't know what that feeling was uh, until after I did it. And it was, you can imagine up to that point, I was in a very cushy job, had salary, always a paycheck every two weeks guaranteed right and um this new way of doing it is is different right it's not a salary per se right even to this day i've been doing this for five four four years now Something the company's been around yeah. five yeah and the podcast has been seven years but i've been doing my own studio for four or five years now and i still don't take a salary or all what, what does that mean? Are you like barely getting by? It's like, no, I'm actually making more money than I ever before, but it's, it's business now. Right. So my, uh, output directly relates to my input. Right. So if I decide to work harder this month than last month, I will see that result directly mm -hmm. in my bank. Right. So that's a completely different mindset. Um, and you probably, you know, you being a listener and, and all listeners, uh, for my podcast, the number th one thing I complain about is like <laughs> at a salary job, no matter how hard I work, my salary is the same. So, I'll, you know, at a certain point in my career, I didn't want to work as hard. I didn't want to put the extra hours in, mm -hmm. right? I'll do what I need to, to make this game good and shippable and professional, but I'm not staying after, you know, a certain time and crunching. Because I don't see that. You know? That one, of course, yeah, crunch. Uh, if uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, uh, where uh, Larry went? Well, because I miss. So Larry is, yeah, I know, right? So Larry is a great designer. He's at uh, he's a lead level designer now, over at uh, Striking Distance. So they're making. They announced their game, I think, a couple years ago, um, uh, Callisto Protocol. So it's uh, a, a studio. Um, it's uh, under the PUBG corporate company. So it's a PUBG Ooh. studio. Oh. Yeah. Huge game. Check it out. He's a lead level designer there. But the main reason why, you know, uh, that partnership kind of ended, unfortunately, is because you know at that point i was full-time right 
-hmm. and he just had this opportunity which i don't blame him it was a great opportunity to work on this kick-ass triple-a game and it was just a diverging path right so i was at a point where because to make the podcast work i mean larry and i worked together at three different companies at that point but there were some companies that we didn't work at and in this case he would have worked at a different company than i was mm -hmm. right so our time would be different and so up to that point before i was full-time we always would have to find like weird hours in the day to kind of record together mm -hmm. basically 8 p.m sometimes like late 10 p.m right um yeah, yeah and yeah. that is understandable because obviously we have day jobs and, and stuff to take care of and we did that for two three years right uh because we wanted to and um uh it was a struggle but we were just at a point where if he of course had to take that job it's awesome it's a great opportunity um i would be the one kind of sacrificing to uh stay up late and uh you know carry a lot of the weight to to mm -hmm. kind of make things work right and it was and it's kind of risky too right for him to continue doing the podcast um uh... i think it risky you mean well i mean he's uh, at a triple a yeah you know you can't go triple a yeah for other reasons i mean in the end we could have made it work but i was at a point where like i kind of because i've been sacrificing so much family time too i was like i don't want to stay up late you know i want to clock out at five you know i'm running my business i'm doing all this stuff i kind of want to live my life after five i'm getting older you know what i mean so I was like, I don't, I, I think this is just where we just end it as a partnership and I'll just carry it on because I have more time to do it. And that's what we did. Um, you know, uh, it's, it was mutual. It was hard. Obviously we've done this for a long time. It was weird. If you guys kind of listen and I, in retrospect, should have done a better job, uh, kind of sharing information, but I didn't feel right. Kind of giving just a one-sided story to that. Um, and, and it was just right a weird period. Right, and right away, yeah. you probably also, nobody uh, can actually find the right words anyways. You have to sleep. Yeah, it was them. tough. It was tough. So my my way of dealing with that was like, let me ignore it a little. When I'm ready to talk about it, I can talk about it. Um, so oh, even no. to this day, I don't, I don't think everyone has the full picture of what happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I, I, I owe an episode to you too people <laughs> welcome to our gossip channel uh, <laughs> i know right but you are in, in on a good terms still like, yeah we're uh, we're fine terms i mean we recently yeah had a friend get married and we were bachelors uh you know we we're helping him so we hung out uh like a few months ago awesome awesome actually uh one of the next questions were that you already uh, told us uh, about that you have a studio and uh, and you do you manage it or you actually also actively uh, your environmental artist yes uh... Uh, that's a funny thing all right so um i'm a co-founder um so it's uh myself and my partner leo gonzalez we worked together at a different company way way back and we just kept in touch and um we formed the studio. Um, so a lot of my responsibilities now is like 
well to be honest I, my my background is environment art i've always yeah. done that but i haven't modeled or did any art for like the last three four years so dude i'm gonna cry again it's like i will drown <laughs> in tears come on yes but like you know but i am finding that rhythm again and i'm you know we're at a place where uh we're creating our own ips you know uh instead uh -huh. of just doing co-development and uh basically rolling up my sleeve and, and starting again but it's one of those things where uh yeah as you climb up getting more manager role and in this mm -hmm. case running a business and managing a company there's a lot of other responsibilities that takes up my day and uh I didn't go to business school. So a lot of this is learning as we're going. And thankfully we've been very fortunate uh, because we haven't taken any investment. We've been profitable since day one. Uh, it's not like me and him took out our uh, savings account and bet our whole life on it. No, we, we, we had a client day one uh, actually working with Epic um, and we've been working on projects that way and slowly been building up since then. Uh, with many other AAA companies, a lot of games that we're working on are coming out on the new systems. And uh, we've been very lucky in that way. You, it and, sounds like you're set. Like well, that's what I mean. It, it, it is weird. To... So when I was kind of tying back to what I was saying at the beginning, seven years ago, I didn't know what my next stage was. Mm -hmm. And the podcast, as much as I love hearing uh, listeners, uh, uh, benefiting from the content, right? For me, it was selfishly, uh, me just trying to figure things out. All right. Uh, and along the way I was able to kind of talk to a lot of people and I think that helped me a lot with when I was able to do this. Of course, you're, you're educating so. yourself as well and get to know yourself as well. In the end, like all practically all things we do we can look uh, from one side and call it that selfish so, uh, mm -hmm. so i think you're good uh <laughs> when i spoke to with you via email uh i also spoke with your wife is that right mm -hmm. uh so do i understand correctly that podcasting things are actually now a family run event <laughs> technically yeah so for the longest time the podcast was basically a two-man operation right larry and myself and then eventually just me and so um i was doing a lot of the work and uh so my most recent burnout was basically in november right so november from november to february Right, I didn't upload any episode. The first time in seven years where I missed a weekly upload, right? And I was at a point where I was really burnt out because, um, well, obviously, Godemics, you know, is my main bread and butter. And we're just growing. And with growing meant like my responsibility over there kept growing. And it got to a point where I was like, all right, I need to focus on figuring this thing out. And I didn't have time. So I was like, all right, just take a deep breath. Get your rhythm back and then come back. And I thought it was going to be uh, when I was doing it in November, I was like, oh, I'll take like a 
maybe a couple of weeks off, right? That couple of weeks turned to a month, that month turned to three months where I finally felt healthy again. It's just like, all right, I want to do this, all right? There's so much, well, especially the last three months, so many crazy game news, right? Mm -hmm. That I kept up with, I was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta talk. <laughs> um, you know, NFT, blockchain, Activision oh, no. being bought out no, by just... Microsoft, Bungie being sold to Sony, the metaverse, Facebook, it's so much in three months. I was like, all right, I have to talk about this. <laughs> And so, uh, so Akio is my wife. She has a graphic design background, uh, and uh, she's really good with the social media marketing stuff. And she volunteered to kind of help. It's like, all right, I'm at a point where the podcast it just needs more people. Uh, it can't be just me, especially how my time is so limited now, uh, doing a million things. And uh, she's been the last two weeks uh, officially started. Um, have been pushing a lot of this it's the reason why if you guys are following me on instagram or anything like there's actually updates now <laughs> like before it's just blank right she's the reason why and she's kind of holding me accountable when i don't stay on top of things so yeah it's well, becoming man. a thing just uh what i remember i first uh first time i went to game dev and chained um website now i have have it open as well it's like on the top you see games recap art boost blah, 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 and then those gazillion icons of uh, social social platforms damn to keep everything there up to date is like it's mind-boggling job so much to do so oh yeah and uh, how the gdocs going Yes. So the GDEX was, uh, what's funny is that, uh, I was looking at all the conferences, right? At that point before COVID, right? Everything was like showing up at physical location, which has its advantages. Obviously I For still love thousands of dollars, if I'm not thousands of dollars. People have to fly in, get hotels. Uh, and, uh, it was hard meeting people. Even if you do show up, you know, there's thousands of people trying to meet that one person. I was like, oh, this can be done so much better, right? Because in the end, a, lo a lot of information can be done uh, live on, 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 uh, on the online, right? Mm -hmm. So that's where GDOX came in. It's like, hey, man, we know a lot of cool people that we met over the years. Let's get them all together. Let's talk about like important topics. Let's pick a topic that matters and then have people professionals come together and 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 do this for free you know just have this live and just stream and that's what gdex is game dev unchained expo right it's kind of the short version expo, of what gdex yeah. is yeah so you know it's again because of this curiosity of mine i never done event planning i don't know what it's like to gather 20 people i don't know what it's like doing live production where you're trying to get one person on camera and another one waiting on the side and then when it's time bring them in right it was a whole new challenge that we were signing up for and um it was one of those experimentation stuff right and uh we did the first one and uh it was good it was a lot of people showed up all the guests made meaningful talks we were able to share it we had sponsors you know it was exciting it was different right at that point no one ever heard really of an online conference 
and we were like the first ones to kind of really do it and free um yeah. and make it free right and then the pandemic happened <laughs> like like basically right after and which is great because now all the other conference like everybody and their mom had a conference it's like all right cool so like this happened right i i, I don't want to kick credit for it uh because obviously people kind of came to the same conclusion but I, I was proud to kind of say hey we kind of saw this happen and then it happened right this was the way and should be the way of doing things um and then we you know i went ahead and did two more uh of that and i got a little better each time organizing topic sharing live streaming the sets got more complex right <laughs> i made like a a 3d background where i'm sitting and it was kind of cool like, oh, this kind of <laughs> that sounded like a... okay so... yeah <laughs> like first grader saying that's cool <laughs> yeah that's yeah, cool so it's i'm sitting picture. in like a 3d background and, I, and it looked believable right it was cool uh -huh. um but that that was the online conference and now you know now it's pretty normal to have an online conference i mean most people were only meeting on zoom for like two years straight so um i'm i'm very proud of it and at some point you know i want to bring it back um uh, but like you know i gotta update the format I can't do the same thing right? so now so it's like, on right. pause it's on pause because i'm not playing in the next one i do want to do one for this year but uh you know i'm slowly getting back on the wagon right because i was burned out three months ago yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so, just february right but then i definitely see because when people were tuning in and a lot of people you know sponsors and, and listeners and viewers you know there's a part of it but there's a lot of massaging still that i need to like figure out you know what is the capacity of people sitting through five lectures you know what i mean oh, yeah. there's got to be a better way of doing it so i, I gotta revisit that when i can and, and update the format because in the end all i really want is a place for our listeners right to kind of get together one one uh one time a year right mm -hmm. and basically be a hub for for a lot of us well um, because the... a lot of listeners don't know each other <laughs> uh good luck thank you and good luck uh, and it, it totally is not one person operation it's blah uh but talking about your studio you said that you're developing uh, uh ips of your own probably i guess you won't tell me what you're working on uh but mm, uh genre maybe and uh, 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 maybe i can ask even more clever question no doesn't to me now. I can tell you no. I can tell you this um, where I am right now uh, I even forget my age sometimes but right now I'm 35 36 right I've been in the industry since I was 22 uh, yeah that's right I actually thought um, that you're older I know, right? A lot of people think I'm older. I do feel old. And a lot of it is because I got married really young. I got married when I was uh, 21, 22. I think 22. What? I got married 22. Yeah. I got married 22. 
I had kids basically when I was my first kid was 24. My second kid when I was like 30. Right. So I got I, I, I basically live. I live my life backwards. <laughs> I live my 30s and my 20s is the best way to think about it. Oh, so so in 10 years time, you're going to you'll buy yourself a cabrio and dye your hair. Yeah, I know, right? Exactly, right? So, yeah, I'll go I'm going through my midlife crisis right now. Um and uh and so I'm at an age where yeah, I contributed to a lot of people's games, you know. I am a professional. I created a studio, yes, finally. Um a lot of it I do kind of credit to creating the podcast and learning from people. Like I, I do think a lot of that helped me. And um uh and we we built a profitable business and growing since then. But I still have yet to make my own game. And I was just telling my partner this is like, man, and I, I know we're doing great things. It's just like I do feel like my window is closing. Um where I feel like if I don't do it around oh, this time, my tissue? Come on. <laughs> I do feel that because I'm getting at an age where I feel like, man, wouldn't it be nice to kind of just be in a hammock by the beach, you know, like I like half of the, my days fantasizing about that, where in my 20s, I was fantasizing about wouldn't it be nice to make my own game, you know, do all this stuff. It's like it's different, right? So, like, finally, we're at a place where um, I'm, we're talking about it. You know, we're coming up with ideas. You can actually do finally that, doing, yeah. doing that. Yeah, kind of do that. We do that kind of responsibly. We build a business that works. And now we have the time and the fun to kind of do it uh, without asking anybody. Uh, we probably will still ask. But, like, if we want to just pay out of our own company pocket, we can. Uh, cool. But yeah so to answer your question indirectly it's uh it's kind of a game i've been kind of thinking about the last three years it it's very personal to me it's a story uh based off of what i see with my two sons right there's uh -huh. like about one's 11 and one's about four and just watching them and being a dad uh kind of uh observing and remembering what it's like being a kid so it's a feeling that i want to capture in the game like uh, what really, it's like yeah. to revisit your youth right what it's like to go on the skateboard again and rollerblade and or all these all these kid carefree shit that we used to do as kids and it's the number one reason why uh i got into games right like remembering the first game i played right so there's a feeling there i'm kind of portraying uh that kind of uh surrounds the relationship that i see that my sons have uh because i i, I grew up with an older brother as well and our age group was very similar we were about five to seven years apart mm -hmm. right so my kids are kind of five to seven years apart so a lot of what i see they do uh reminds me of how i was with my older brother um growing up which you know how brothers are I basically tagged along everywhere he went, right? Just annoying the shit out of him. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a it. It's a bond that I kind of want to reflect. Uh, it's so in this game. 
so yeah. awesome to hear because uh, partly my game, uh, the idea, the first idea, uh, also came uh, when I put on uh, put on my father's shoes uh, mm -hmm. when my kid was like a year old. And yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's it's really it, it's really nice to hear that such good reasons are for game creation. Yeah, inspiration, right? Yeah. So um, yeah. I'm gonna uh, let you go because we're already 15 minutes in. But I have lost oh, nice. one thing uh, mm -hmm. about. Uh, you said it yourself. You have talked with a lot of people. You have learned a lot of things, and you've been uh, like uh, in on both sides of the barricades, uh, like uh, work-wise. Uh, so I have to ask a question from totally small indies like myself and small studios uh, what would be the things that uh, we we as small timers uh, should be always aware of uh, things never ever to forget uh, like what are the thing, things we should know and and keep keep in mind always working in this awesome industry ah, my number one advice um, well it depends but because um, there's so many different goals right there's so many different goals in the industry uh, people want to work on small games people want to work on big games people want to work on their own game uh, I think the main thing and this is true since college. The main thing, if you want to be successful in this industry, is to uh, cherish the friendships that you've made. Mm -hmm. You know, any networking um, is the most important thing. Because if I think back, how I was able to be. Uh, somewhat successful um co going through this industry was because a lot of the friends i i made uh throughout the way my, my friends helped me get that job that i wanted right uh, my friend uh helped me get that other job that i wanted my friend uh helped me build this business that i am now uh on uh my friend helped me started a podcast uh and even to today my friend is helping me uh with this passion project that i have going right so it, it was never uh it was never me doing things alone like even to this point like i guess you know my wife isn't just my friend she's my wife she's helping me kind of find inspiration back into the podcast again where i felt like burnt out three months ago so i think really remembering uh the people that you have fun with right and wanting to maintain that relationship and involve them in everything that you do that's the spirit of being a game developer because you're oh i lost you i was like people are making their game from never gonna really alone from beginning to end like yeah for some people that works but i think for most people it's it's fun to kind of bounce ideas off 
with a friend mm -hmm. and then make something together right i think that's what a game developer is about um and uh i i would highly advise if you want to be successful start talking to people in the industry start maintaining that friendship you know for the fun of it and not just for you know trying to get into their company or whatever like really find people that are like you that you can hang with mm -hmm. uh and just keep building that network up because uh there's so many times so many times in different occasions i mean we had like a business meeting with a big client the other day and out of the blue one of our managers knew their manager and that made that meeting very easy all right it wasn't yeah. two strangers talking it was like they, they literally are best friends mm -hmm. uh but because it you know a lot of nda they couldn't tell each other like oh you know we're meeting with this or that right mm -hmm. so it was completely out of the blue and surprised that they saw each other and uh it was really cool it just really reminds you it's like hey it's a very small industry everybody knows each other so in the same way i say cherish your friends you know also be mindful of people you don't like you don't want to burn that bridge because they do come back it's because it's so small so if you if you make enemies you know it's gonna make it tougher for you later and make uh, sure they die <laughs> yeah make sure they're dead yeah. you know double tap uh if that's the case you know burn that bridge <laughs> and make sure it's all on fire <laughs> yeah. but in most cases uh you know it's a people business it really is it really is a people business um even if you want to make your own game from scratch and share it with nobody right and tell no one in the world that's never the case right never, you're gonna want people playing the game right so it's a very people first business um and that's probably true for all entertainment not just games but games especially what i found throughout my career it's mm -hmm. always been with a friend and had made it fun that's my favorite part and the my least favorite part has been when i'm not doing things with my friends jeez yeah. ah. ah well i'm joking i'm not crying but uh, <laughs> uh you are the first person i wanted to talk with uh from from the industry if we can say it like that and man thank you it was su such warm and tear-ridden conversation thank you so much man no thank you I for agree. having me on dude yeah oh. it, it always brings me joy that you know it was just i just do this selfishly and I, i'm just glad it it's helpful for others because it, i'm it is, in the same is. way uh you know i've had a lot of eastern european uh developers on before and i know you guys are the hardest working motherfuckers out there uh especially now like going through what you guys are going through and still um you know trying to do what you're doing uh, i i i highly value the, the and here it is i hope you liked it uh, stay stay safe and fuck war Слава Украине!